0: Welcome to the Transportation Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Landon Jones. Recent headlines depicting the Facebook and Cambridge Analytica scandal have given data collection a bad rap. Here to talk to us about how ethical data collection could make huge improvements to transportation is Peter Bassa, entrepreneur and co-founder of PreTect. How are you doing today, Peter? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Thanks for asking. I'm gonna get right down to business and ask you, what was data collection like when you first got into the transportation industry? And what does it look like today?
1: You know, when the whole idea of Pre-Tech started out, it was really to collect data to help the mechanics out, you know, in a shop. And that is one of the reasons how Pre-Tech actually became a company was we were reading an article that stated, you know, how does, what is the impact of data collection, I guess, in, in a maintenance shop and how it can improve their day-to-day operations. Um, so the, the differences back then to what, you know, what I'm reading about now and, and what I'm hearing on, you know, through these different articles and news is that data collection has changed so much because now we're using data collection on the fly. You know, there's technologies that are available where we can collect as much data as we want versus very limited amounts of data back then. And we can use this data and apply it to changes inside vehicles versus, you know, being reactive in the data.
0: And what has been the biggest shift in being able to harvest this data? What has allowed us to use this information? I think the biggest
1: one is just, you know, being able, like right now, anyone can go out I shouldn't say anyone, but I mean, anyone with tech background can go out and build themselves an infrastructure of data collection because data is so cheap these days that, you know, you can have unlimited data plans. You can collect data every second versus collecting data every five minutes or every 10 minutes and having these blackout spots when you're collecting data to predict certain things.
0: And, and what are some things that you're seeing um, that this data is being used for right now?
1: Let's take manufacturing, for example. If you have a manufacturer that manufactures, you know, certain car parts, they're able to collect data on the fly now of vehicles that are being tested versus and having a bigger pool, you know, of this data versus doing a controlled test inside a controlled environment where really that's what they're looking for is that particular data. But the conditions that data is being collected under isn't your true condition conditions what i mean by that is you know if i'm at a closed environment where i'm collecting data specified just for testing purposes i may not be running that automobile or that truck through the conditions that the average driver or owner may run that truck right so a lot of the data collection back then was specific where now you can collect data on the fly as cars are being driven in real time, you know, under real time conditions, whether they're snow, whether they're, you know, heat, whether one driver is more aggressive than the, than the other. And all of that data matters to manufacturers because they want to know how to build better products. You know, they want to know how do we how do we build a better alternator, right? How, how do we know our brand outlasts the competition? You know, so all of that data can, is now being collected and it can definitely influence you know the purchasing power and everything else that goes into building a vehicle from these manufacturers
0: can you talk a little bit about the benefits that the consumer gets from this collection of data
1: right off the bat the low-hanging through on this is you're buying more quality car versus you know buying a car that may not have that previous data right like so if i'm a manufacturer And I know I build these components for, you know, XYZ car company. Um, I can back that up with data. I can say our components last longer than than the other components. So for a consumer, you're buying a better quality vehicle. You're You're buying a vehicle that you're assured, you know, will work and will last you through the longer periods of time. I mean, we have cars now these days, you know, that last such a long time versus cars that, you know, in the past may have not lasted this long and i And I think that data is a big reason in this, right? because now we can build better components and better vehicles that do outlast you know what the average consumer may think they'll keep that car
0: for the length of time. What type of tools were you able to use to maybe convince some business people to get involved?
1: Good question so early on it was very again, you're kind of selling what what they everybody in the street called uh you know smoke and mirrors, right, and it was very hard to kind of break that mentality of thought and the way we did it, and we were pretty successful you know at it was let's just show the data let us let's, let's you know install these hardware units in a truck and let's see what kind of data it collects, and then let's show it to the owners and say, "Hey, this is the type of data that we have, you know compared to this is a type of data." that reflects you know a broken down truck and here's how we can kind of connect the dots and actually tell you that the trends are going to change or this is where you could be led to and it was very hard to have that conversation with with some because like i said some were either very old school and they had their minds already made up but as they as they kind of thought about it more they were very open to discussing what their needs were which were okay. How does how do we keep my trucks running? Because if I'm a trucking company and I have, let's assume you know, seven percent of every fleet is down for whatever maintenance it may be, how do I bring that number lower that number so I can have more trucks on the road and, and make more money, right? Every every trucking company, well, most trucking companies, they grow year year over year. So how do you help them by? taking that number, at 7%, lowering it down to 5 lowering it down to 3%, being able to keep more trucks on the road so, you know, at the end of the year, they don't have to buy another asset that may cost them a lot of money because they already have those assets. So let's get those assets moving. Let's get those assets making money for you. Um, and I think that's the mentality that, you know, pretect early on started to kind of planting the seed on because accepting a a percentage of your fleet being down for various reasons was the norm, right so we we kind of shook up the industry a little bit by saying it doesn't have to be this way right we we can we can bring that number down, and that means you can have more trucks on the road and that kind of turned on the light bulb and made majority of the people that we were speaking to um go, Well, this isn't a bad thought, right like this may actually work so it was a lot of our early adopters that you know, we're thankful for at the time because they were like, sure, try it. Let me, you know, you got me thinking and we got them thinking outside the box. And eventually that led to yeses. And then yeses led to obviously, you know, presentations with data from their trucks and so forth. And um, it just kind of spiraled from there.
0: Let's take a look toward the future. And I'm wondering if you can just speculate about um, some applications for big data that maybe we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of yet.
1: I feel like we haven't, you know, um, we have all of this collection happening, you know, it's a buzzword, big data, right? Um, But I don't think we really understand the full impact of what we can do with that data, right? Like, Like, there's companies out there that will collect data for a specific purpose and realize that the byproduct of collecting that data has a bigger value to them than just collecting that data. But yet we're still trying to figure out how do we put it to good use, you know, and you can collect data to predict things. I mean, and I mean, everyone's doing it. Everyone has a prediction algorithm for something, right? Whether it's for vehicles or whether it's for what should my next meal be, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, as the future comes, I feel like we're going to have such a better understanding of how and what this data can really be used for you're going to have self-driving cars. You know, Tesla already has self-driving cars. It's just a matter of time before we're going to see that as, a, as the norm on our streets and our roads, right? But then you can use the big data to, you know, collect data on traffic patterns. You can use the big data to collect data on, let's get rid of our, uh, our traffic lights. You know, will self-driving cars need traffic lights in the future? We don't know that. Um, but it's definitely an interesting topic to think about because if you can get rid of these you can definitely save the cities that operate and maintain these traffic lights a lot of money you know there was a big shift from your regular traffic bulbs to your LEDs and that saved the city- cities millions of dollars a year in just electricity costs so now you got to think of okay if you know if we do have self-driving vehicles and all of this data is being collected is it going to lead us into eliminating some of the everyday stuff that we're used to like traffic lights People aren't going to need to potentially even get a driver's license anymore, right? Like you and I, you know, we had to go to the DMV and get a driving test, get our beginners and then get our permits and everything. And um, that may not exist, you know? Our kids may not go through that process. You know, they may be a more simplified process in the future, but they're definitely not going to learn how to pedal a park because the car can do it for them. The other thing I want to touch upon with big data and the whole self-driving cars is you also got to look at motorcycles that are going to be on the road, right? Everyone's thinking about self-driving cars, but what about the motorcycles that are still operated by human beings? They're going to be on the road, right? How, how are we going to be able to handle that if all oh, we're going to have is self-driving cars on the on the roads? How are you going to go ahead and handle the motorcycles that are operated by humans? Right. Is, that, is, is that still going to eliminate the accidents that self-driving cars promises to eliminate because of human error? And I think, you know, these are the questions we got to ask ourselves. If we're going to eliminate human error, we have to eliminate, the, you know, the human operator behind some of these vehicles. So, I mean, no one has really talked about removing motorcycles off the road or how, how do you handle that, you know, that equation? you're going to have you're going to see startups coming up with innovative ideas of how to take ambient noise around a vehicle while traveling on a highway for instance and being able to turn that into energy that can recharge an electric car's battery. That question there is how do you turn noise into electricity for instance, right? So that, I think I think that is going to be the future with the self-driving cars as well is you're going to have different methods that are going to be as economical as fueling your, your car with gasoline today that's gonna make it so much easier for people to drive the long distances. You know, we we have we have good technologies now for batteries. You know, Tesla has amazing technologies for batteries, but there's always that but, right? Is is always like, how do we make it better? Right? How do we make it more ad- adaptable for everybody versus just the wealthy people, right? So I think when you're thinking about technologies and vehicles and big data and all that stuff, you have to make it very generic that a bigger population can access, right? So it would bring them the features as well, right? Because you're talking about volumes, you want more cars on the road, but you also want smarter cars on the road. So I think it's 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 definitely very important that these cars, when they drive by each other, they can exchange data. They can take that ambient energy or ambient sounds that are around the car and convert that into electricity, right? There's a lot of moving parts on, on any vehicle, whether it's electric or, you know, um, combustion power. So it's, it's, I think the trick here is to take, eliminate as much waste as you possibly have in a vehicle to actually make it run sustainably.
0: And the best way to figure out where that waste is or where there are errors is to harvest data. Before I let you go, we are gonna play a quick game. Hopefully it'll be fun. Uh, This game is called Overrated or Underrated. And so I'm going to um, throw out some, I guess, buzzwords or hot topics that have to do with transportation. And then you are going to just quickly say whether you think that they are overrated or underrated with a little brief explanation of why. Our first one is Hoverboards.
1: So my own personal thing, I always think of like back to the future, right and I think of hoverboards and they've never really uh, they've never really hit that point where I just, you know use a hoverboard and feel like I'm in the back to the future two episode or something. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't hear a lot about them, so I maybe think they're a little underrated.
0: Okay, I like that. How about the Autobahn?
1: <laughs> the fastest highway that one? Um, I've never been. I would love to go. Uh, I say it's overrated. It, it, it's, it, you, know, you know why? It's too short. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not a long distance, I heard. So I'm going to say it's overrated.
0: Our last one is a Mustang.
1: We're talking about a Ford Mustang?
0: A Ford Mustang or an actual Mustang?
1: <laughs> it's a transportation <laughs> podcast. It's got to be a car. Unless it's a trick question. Hey,
0: a real horse can be transportation too. <laughs> it depends
1: where you live. I was never a fan of a Mustang, so I'm going to say overrated.
0: Well, Peter, thank you so much for playing the game, and thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you very much. It was definitely a
0: pleasure. And thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com backslash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Landon Jones. Until next time.